to the Between the Lines podcast, covering the four major American sports leagues and the NCAA, four high schoolers provide their takes on all the major sports disputes of today's day and age. Welcome to the Between the Lines podcast. On today's show, we are debating whether or not Trevor Lawrence should pull an Eli, an Eli Manning and not play for the first overall picks team. The ongoing decrease in youth sports participants. Continuing with youth sports, we are sitting down to ask questions with Wake Forest verbal commit Chris Akopian. Trevor Lawrence is the top prospect in the 2021 draft and the unanimous number one pick. But with the Jets clearly tanking for the number one pick, does Lawrence try to pull an Eli Manning and force his way out of the incompetent organization that is the New York Jets? All right, Mike, this might, that intro might hurt your feelings. How do you feel about it? All right, now this is just ridiculous. Um, first of all, he's already pretty much declared. He was uh, recognized on senior night. So I think he's going to declare for sure. You know, the Jets have some good pieces to build around. Aside from their coach, which they're going to fire, um, they're going to get Allen Robinson. Um, hopefully pick up some offensive linemen and build a nice solid core around them. All right. Um, I agree that he is going to declare, but I mean, I just think looking at how the Jets handled the Sam Darnold situation, like the failure to develop him because Adam Gates was considered like a quarterback guru with Peyton Manning and stuff. It's like, I just think if I'm him, I don't want to go to that organization. There seems to be problems higher up and they just don't have good weapons. Yeah, I, I disagree with both of you. Um, probably more with Michael because he's just a moron, but um, the Allen Robinson, bro, are, what are you saying? First of all, if he leaves the Bears, it's because he wants to be on a good team. If he goes to the Jets, he doesn't want to win five games a year. No, he wants to be a good team. He wants to be with a good quarterback. They're going to be have a great quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He has no, he's not going to go there. He is going to go there. Generational okay, well. talent. Allen Robinson, maybe Aaron Jones. He leaves the Packers. Aaron Jones not leaving the Packers. He might though. It's like, you never know. Like you can't predict the future at this point. All right. What, what, I, was, what I was gonna say is that I think he will declare. He's definitely gonna declare. Too much money on the table. Probably like forty million four years is the usual first round pick contract. So that's a lot of money to to decline. He won't decline that. And I do think he'll go to New York. I think. Uh, New York will probably fire Gase, and I somewhat agree with Michael that the organization isn't that bad, and they're in a major market, so I think, you know, they're a pretty good team to go to uh, if you want to have a really good career, because he's going to get a lot of attention being in New York. How much of a stand does this mean, on his reputation? I, mean, I, don't he, think it would, I don't think it would tarnish his reputation that bad. I mean, like, it's pretty understandable. I mean, I mean it's, it's just not it's understandable. Just it's yeah. not understandable. It's just it's yeah, I mean, a... like, like if he says I don't want to go to New York, and then he where is he gonna go? Like Jacksonville? No, I mean he needs. Of course, he's gonna need to back it up. But I mean, there are teams that are searching for a quarterback. Like I mean, like Steelers need Big Ben's replacement. They could deal out Juju and a few picks and get him. No one's taking that. Juju's yeah. not worth Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> big man. Um... I mean, not and other stuff, obviously, but. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, like the Jets, the Jets, just they're they're a young team, pretty much. But they dealt with a lot of players to try and save themselves, except for Frank Gore. It's probably he's just done. He's no dead at this point. Yeah, put Frank Gore on a contender. Yeah, he's just he's gonna be a coach after this season. He's just 
gone. They're gonna so, go on sixteen. That's so funny. Okay, well, it's not, I mean, it's not that funny if you get the first pick and then get Trevor Lawrence. Oh, like I said, you know, great offensive line. They're gonna build it up. They have a solid defense. And I mean, they're I'm the not, Super Bowl contenders. They, I'm not opinion. so sure about the solid defense. Where are they? Where are they ranking on the defense? Uh, I mean, they're middle of the pack, to be honest. I mean, you know, it's just their offense is always off the field at this point. So I mean, I mean they don't get help from the offense. Yeah. So if if your defense um, is on the field three quarters of the game, then how are you supposed to, you know? Well, I think my point. I think yeah. Okay. I believe they're like allowing thirty-two points per game. That's not promising. Okay, yeah, because you... their defense is always on the field, you moron. <laughs> no wonder they the... no wonder they give up so many points. Okay. The so obviously we've talked about the Jets, Jets, uh the Jets general management is full of morons. I guess that's the word of the All day. Right, I mean um, not, so okay. is is Trevor Lawrence really enough to turn this team around, or is it more of a problem higher up? No, is absolutely. That... This is more no. he's more than enough to turn listen, listen. No, he is no. more than no, no, listen, listen, listen. He is more than enough to turn around because if they see if other people in the free agent market see Trevor Lawrence or the Jets, it's gonna attract some people. Because he's he is he's a generational talent. Next Aaron Rodgers, next you know Big Ben, next Tom Brady, whatever you want to call it. And he's more mobile. So if, if Patrick Mahomes switched with Mitchell Trubisky, just switched teams, Trubisky wouldn't be as good as Mahomes, but they'd be comparable, dude. It, a lot yeah, of I mean, being his team, a lot of Q being his team. Mahomes is undeniably more talented. But if you have no offensive line and no weapons, it doesn't matter. He's he's gonna be pretty much in the situation that Joe Burrow is in without the weapons. Yeah, did I have a question? Um, I don't think people are gonna move just to be with the rookie generational talent. No, they're not. We, didn't, going we to did be not there. see this Absolutely with the Bengals. Absolutely, they, will. they won't. You didn't Absolutely see this with eight. You didn't see this with yeah, people going to Arizona. Burrow, Burrow is debatably as good or better than Trevor Lawrence. How do you and know that? Play, but okay, there's not people he was, aren't he gravitating. Went two and nine so first, he went two and like two and nine in his first year. But that team is horrible. Okay, yeah, well that's I mean Trevor that's Lawrence, reflection on him. Burrow sets so many records. You don't see people flocking, flying their wings over to Actually, Cincinnati. Actually, you do. Who? Well, not who like to, I mean, there are people talking about it, but like who went to Cincinnati because they, wanted, they drafted Joe Burrow? They wanted, they wanted no one. Listen, right, maybe because they don't have any money. They don't have we any need money. A that's why. For Michael. No, no. <laughs> they don't have any money. They don't have any money. Okay. That's why. Listen, I, I, listen, listen, listen. The Jets have a lot of money, big funding. They got. They're going to bring in Gary V, and they're going to get a lot of money. They're going to sign Allen Robinson, maybe Juju, and they're going to get a lot of pieces. And they're going to. Okay. I, the only I, man first, that can save this team is Gary V. The masterful <laughs> investor, Gainer, Gary B. B. Gary B. Right. is going to buy this team. He's going to take them to the promised land. It's Absolutely. for sure. All right. Now, I think I think the, the main problem with this team is, like, the higher up in the organization. I mean, they've only won four playoff games since the year 2005. There's clearly, like, a bigger issue I know. than just well, drafting literally, a quarterback. They literally got a new GM, like, one season ago. How do you expect them to turn around that quick? All right. I think, I think Michael thinks the Jets have a promising future. This this is a debatable subject, okay? But talking about promising futures, we're not seeing that with youth sports. There's been a decrease in youth sports. It is undeniable that youth sports have been decreasing over time. The percentage of kids playing on an organized team have decreased from 41.5% in 2011 to 37% in 2017. The cause is unknown, but our analyst panel gives us our take on why. All right. All right, I'll start us off. You got it. Uh, 
Well, I think there's actually a economic inequality problem. Um, in households where the family makes over $100,000 a year, uh, <laughs> participation is actually increasing. Um, so I think that just speaks to like how expensive travel sports have got. And I also think that it doesn't account for people who just play basketball at their local park, um, who just don't want to pay for a actual basketball team. Um, yeah. So, uh, Liam, what do you think, man? Um, I do agree that the, like the increase in travel sports does have to do with it because travel sports are extremely expensive. I also think that like just athletes aren't people that you should look up to. I mean, considering like look at look at how many athletes each year are getting like DUIs and things like that, like going to jail. They just like aren't good role models. I mean, look at Antonio that Antonio Brown saga. You would I, not want your kid looking up to Antonio Brown after that. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of not very good role models people to look up to. But I think for every O.J. Simpson murderer going down the, with a police chase, you've got a guy like LeBron James who's starting schools, who's helping out in his community, and you got a bunch of you got lots of local heroes in this league, especially the NBA. People trying to give back to their community. Mike, you okay over there? You kind of look like you're having a seizure on camera. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna. <laughs> My camera is broken, bro. All right, Mike's having some difficulties. Let's go back to Aaron. Yeah, but I'm going to agree with Alec. Um, I think there is a lot of really good, good role models. I also don't know how much that matters. And I don't think... <laughs> All right, sorry. And I don't think role models have gotten worse over time. I think it's always been pretty equal that there hasn't been great role models, but there's always been really good role models, always. Um, I agree with you I don't, I don't think that. that has a factor, to be honest, because you know we're seeing a decline over time. I think it's more like a combination of video games and it being more acceptable to stay inside all day and the increase in travel sports uh pricing and it's just so expensive that it's just not worth it for people who aren't like super talented or super rich yeah i'll 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 touch on the video games part of it um yeah i mean i think i've got a younger brother i mean he's playing soccer but he's he spends a lot of time on the xbox i think aaron can vouch for that too he's got a younger brother um, but it's just come to a time where people were spending hours upon hours on screens where like, let's go back 40 years ago, all those hours would have been spent outside pursuing passion of sports and other stuff like that. I didn't mean to cut you off, Liam, you can go now. Um, I agree with the like increase in people staying inside and on screens, but I mean, like also for every like one LeBron James, there's like four J.R. Smith and also I think that, yes, there were, like, the good, like, role models and good athletes and, like, also the bad ones. But I think everything's just, like, such a higher scale now with social media and, like, constant news. Okay, again, I don't think Dare Smith is inherently a bad person. Like, I, know, I never say he, he – I never said he was. I mean – But, like, think of all the – all the bad connotations about him, like all yeah, that, I mean, the Hennessy things. Like, I just think there's so many bad connotations that you think of when you think of J.R. Smith. You don't think of any good connotations. You don't. You don't think of him as like a good. Okay, but a, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone's sitting on their couch and they hear about J.R. Smith and then they're like, "I'm gonna quit soccer." Like, I really don't know how much this applies. Still, 
Like, I'll also well, say... Well, like, I, think, I think maybe if they're, like, playing basketball, they say, oh, like, yeah, he fucked up really bad. Let's keep it I, let's keep it PG here. I just don't I just don't know where we're getting this narrative that somehow professional athlete role model how they live their lives matter. Like you know uh, Charles Barkley, he always says that he shouldn't be looked at as a role model. He's all he does is bounce a ball. Uh, I don't I don't know why anyone would, would make any informed decision on what they should do with their life based on how a professional athlete acts outside of a field. Like that's gotta say, like, I gotta say I completely disagree. Um, sports, it's so much bigger than just bouncing a ball. Think of all the impact sports have on, on politics, social action, and that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not I think, saying. I know. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And I think with – I think they've got – like they're like up on a stage, right? They're always on TV. They're on the news. And it's like they are going to impact people a lot more than your average person because of how much press they get. They're like, you, you mess up, then everyone's going to see it. And kids all over the place are going to be like, wow, um, I, I don't, I don't want to end up like that playing sports. But I do agree that, oh, <laughs> I do agree that there's not such a direct connotation, but it's, it's not good for their, our children playing sports. Uh, I'm not saying sports aren't important. I'm just saying that you shouldn't, you shouldn't make your decision on who to vote for in your local offices because your favorite basketball player said, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's what Charles Barkley was saying is that he's not. He's not you – can, you can listen to Charles Barkley on how to become a better basketball player, but he's not more informed than you in other things. Like, he's a professional basketball player. And I don't think you should make any informed decisions or informed decisions about your life based on someone's actions that aren't yours who you don't even know. Like, it's just – I also yeah. think um, things fall out of culture. Uh, you know, church – Used to be 85% of people went every weekend to, it didn't have to be church, could be synagogue, but a religious uh, gathering every single weekend. Now it's only about 30% of Americans. So, you know, things fall out of culture and maybe there's some sports that are falling out of culture. I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. I think baseball falling out of culture a little bit. I think, I think football has become a little bit dangerous. So I think some people are viewing that as something they don't want their kids to play, which I understand. But um, yeah, I, I feel that baseball is an example and there's some sports that fall out there's some sports that rise but overall i think the big decrease is because of uh travel sports all right aaron i just want to say you're an absolute moron um baseball is just not falling out of culture i mean there's i think if there's you know if there's anything it's more the people more people are playing now right because it's more socially distant and you know people can kind of engage in this uh, these opportunities that baseball is presenting Okay, so socially distanced, that's going to last like another like year max. Like, this is mm, a long But if people thing. start playing now, then it can last forever. Okay, what I'm going to say, Michael, is it's, it's a very slow game, unfortunately. And it's yeah, boring well, for some you, kids. You so just kids don't have the, for you, the patience but... for it. Yeah, and kids don't have patience. Kids are really bad at having patience. I feel like, I'm, a... I mean, Look, maybe, maybe there's a you problem here. I don't know. I've seen Aaron play ball. This man is, this man is a ball player. Okay, we're gonna have Chris. Okay, Ocopian. You just stop. We're, we're about to have stop Chris Copian. Stop, stop the cap. Stop the cap. We're about to have Chris Copian on the show. His skill level is comparable to, to Chris, and he Chris is gonna be D one. So that's something. And then touching back on uh, the losing popularity of baseball, I mean, little league pop, little league participation is actually down. It's it's a fact. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, you gotta you show know anyone on from. This one. Yeah, do you know anyone from around here who like played legitimate little league? No. Yes. Like, yeah, there's so many Montgomery people. Who County Little League. Yeah. 
and there's literally a whole different organization around here to play recreational sports. Yeah, but like when you were younger, did you play Little League or did you play like BCC or did you play COA? Yeah, I did. I think well, it's factored. I think like all these sub private divisions, I think that's factored in. I yeah, I don't. We'll I don't league. think little league is as big as it used to be. Okay, well, baseball. I'm sorry, it's 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 slow. Uh, well, Kids, no one no one so looks terrible. and says, "Wow, I want to go hit a ball twice every four hours." I want to do that. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, maybe and, uh, that's not, that's not for you, but I mean, maybe that's, I mean, just, that's a, that's a just, you issue. I feel like, right? Maybe it's falling out of culture. It doesn't matter. That's not the argument. I'm just um, saying that there's different reasons for each sport, but I think overall, as a whole, the main thing for me is definitely just it's too expensive now. I mean, it, it could be. Um, we made some good points. It could be really a combination of all the issues we've addressed. But um, with youth sports in mind, we welcome Chris Acopian for our next segment. As we continue our youth sports theme, we are here to talk with Christopher Acopian, the number sixth ranked baseball player in, in the Maryland 2023 class. Committed to Wake Forest, we are here to talk to him about the recruiting process. All right, Chris, how did you first get in contact with Wake Forest? Um, for me, the process was I went to a camp. So I had I had two coaches reach out before the camp, like early November of 2019. And so they reached out to the coaches about me because that was the school I wanted to go to. And the, the coach told me to come to the camp. And, and they were having a camp in like late November. So I went to the camp, and so that's how they saw me. What was, what was it about Wake Forest that you liked? Um, I just – so um, I have, like, an infield coach who, um, who played there for four years, and he just told me so many great things about it. So – and I just love their, like, coaches there. Their facilities are awesome, and it's a good academic school, which my mom really loved. Um, what were the conversations like with the coaches before the camp? So I don't, I don't know the conversations with the coaches because that was in between, that was with um, the coach and my uh, other coaches, like my like travel ball coaches. Oh. Like the like the conversations that between them, like talking about you, like giving them all the information and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Got, I it. Got it. All right. Um, let's get into like baseball related stuff. For someone listening who wants to play at the next level like you're about to be, what's the number one thing that you want to work on? Um, for me, I would say developing, like marketing yourself is something. So for me, I market myself as like a shortstop, a defensive shortstop. And there's a lot of people who market themselves as good pitchers, like corner outfielders. I would say you have to have something you can offer and because if you don't, if you, if you don't have anything to offer, they're just going to like, they're not going to, they're not going to know what you are. So like something that kind of sticks out about yourself, like something unique. Something that sticks out. Got it. Uh, what was it like being the son of a former MLB player? Does that add any, add any pressure to play or like be good at baseball? Um, no, not at all. It was, it's actually, it actually has helped me so much because he has the experience that he's helped me with like. He knows all of the stuff. He knows so much stuff. He's taught me pretty much everything I know. And he, like, knows what I'm about to go through. So he can, like, guide me through that. Oh, <laughs> it's cool. Good. It's 
So of course it's Zane. Yeah. So baseball has really been something that you've always wanted to do. It hasn't been like added pressure from your dad. This is like always something oh, that yeah, you've been interested in. This is all. I, a lot of people say like because of your dad doesn't feel like you have to play baseball or something like that. But no, that's not the case at all. I love the game so much. So, so one thing that we we kind of wanted to know was what was your one of your favorite like memories about a showcase or a game that you you wanted to share with us? Yeah, I would say it's this past summer um, with my team this summer. We just like we um, hmm, let me think. So in the playoffs of a big game against like the number one team in the country. Um, and the, they were older too. It was the number one six and new team in the country. And we put up a great battle, went into extra innings. I would say just games like those where it's highly competitive, just, you know, fighting with your boys. That's like all you can ask for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So obviously we all go to the same high school. Um, what's your favorite thing about playing at Churchill? Like what, how, how do you enjoy that program? Um, I, I love the program. The coaches, Pat and Kyle, they are fantastic. They know what they're doing. And I love that I have, like, so many friends on the team. You know, like Michael, Eric, Eric, the other Eric. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good vibe there. Other Eric. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can kind of add on to that, you know. I, 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 like, the, I like the Churchill program. We, we obviously got a new field. Yeah. Uh, we, got, we got some good stuff coming if, if, we, uh, if we can play the season this spring. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. Nice. All right, Aaron. Aaron, I know you wanted to. Aaron, I know you wanted to ask uh, your question here. Uh, um, what do you say to people who think that baseball is easy, or I've heard some people say even potentially not a sport? How do we feel about? It wasn't that? Aaron though. Aaron didn't think that. He's just kind of no, saying that. No one said that. <laughs> Honestly, I would just say like, have you ever played it? <laughs> so, I'm speaking from a hypothetical. So no, no, you gotta. Aaron, Aaron's kind of a baseball hater. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to play, like, coach pick, and that's, like, that's easy, obviously. But when you actually get to a higher level and start seeing, like, upper 80s, 90 pitching, that's when, like, you're like, shit. Right. Yeah. I mean. I, I actually played with, uh, you know, Ryan Wiener? <laughs> he has, like, a, a ball that, like, does all these cool, like, uh, curves and stuff. Uh-huh. And like I took him to like four innings. Like we just played one inning and like we kept tying. And like he's like I think I'm like a natural to be honest. So I just yeah. We have to set up this. Uh, Aaron, we're, we're gonna have to put you put you in the cages soon. Are you talking about a wiffle ball? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's like a it's like a ball. You know, it's a blitz ball. It's a blitz ball, Aaron. <laughs> and yeah. I was. I was I was going you know I was hitting it far I was hitting it short I was doing all that and I had yeah. to control so I'm, I'm I mean I see the I've seen Aaron man he he plays against some competition Seth Michaels he's throwing ninety oh, yeah. at least oh, yeah. competition um so talking about I mean we've been talking about Aaron's skills but like real baseball skills we might want to get into <laughs> um um so going back to like marketing yourself like playing in the actual playing actual games like. On the field, what's one skill that everybody should have? Um, I think improving your defense is probably, like, to a college standpoint, I think improving your defense is probably the most important thing. Because I think so many people, like, they, like, forget about defense. They're all hitting, hitting, hitting. And it's, like, kind of a lost art in baseball, I would say, at a young age. 
I agree, especially especially if you're at one of the specialty positions and you're 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 yeah. kind of just limiting yourself to what you can do. Like if you're primarily a shortstop or primarily a center fielder, you got to make sure everything about the, your game is on point. 100%. And, yeah, again, I don't play, but I would imagine that uh, just kind of like shooting in basketball, like people just love hitting. So yeah, that's, track, that's everyone's good at hitting, but then there's a lot of those people good at defense, so you can kind of stand out. Yeah. Right. It's like you got to do the hard yeah. stuff like any other yeah. sport. I, I honestly, I have a Chris question for you, Chris. What do you? What's your take on all the metrics? Like, do you are you are you buying into all the hype about metrics? Um, I would say there's to some extent metrics matter like i would say like exit velocity like in the game that does matter like how hard you're capable of hitting a ball and like 60 yards like that's how fast you are but i would say like some people take it too far and just look at metrics rather than are you a ball player like do you know the game inside and out and like hitting a ball off a tee as hard as you can can be different than hitting a ball coming at you whether it's a curveball or fastball you know right yeah, I agree. I would say I definitely taken too far metrics. So it's like what you're saying is it's more important to have like those attributes like hustle and all that stuff than like like your pure metrics. Yeah. Liam, you, Liam, you got anything you want to ask? Um, not really, but like pretty much like you think players are more than just numbers. Like it's yeah. it's about like what you can actually do on the field. Yeah, exactly. Good way to put it. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for being on. Yeah, um, thank you, Chris. All right. Good hearing from you, man. Good hearing from you. Thank you for tuning in to the Between the Lines podcast. Next week, we're taking a step away from our major leagues in the NCAA and turning to YouTube boxing. I know it sounds ridiculous, but the Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson bout has been called the knockout of the year, and for some, the fight of the year. We're looking forward to the Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather match. And with that, thank you all for coming, and we will see you next week.